and welcome to a brand new episode of a podcast with Jordan Haas. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. Hope you're all feeling relaxed. Maybe. I don't really know anymore. Uh, so, uh, just to catch things up with friends, uh, my, my mom's in good, good standing right now. Like, good health-wise. And that's a good thing. And I want to I wanna thank a lot of people at the hospital uh, for trying their best to make sure she's okay. Uh, she She's... We're, we're trying to get her into a rehab. Not like a rehab rehab, but like a physical rehab. So that she can go back to breathing, maybe even walking. All sorts of great stuff. And I, I'm very excited about the possibilities. And I'm, as much as I, I it's, I'm not thanking myself in any of this, I'm thinking it's one of you who's been giving the good vibes. Because for me, I've been through a lot of hell right now. And I still kind of am. I just am good at kind of hiding it on the internet somewhat, maybe. Uh, so thank you. Uh, and thank you. And thank you. And thank you. Uh, so, she, she's not here right now, which means I can record a podcast as long as I want and go to sleep at a nice time and all this good stuff that's we all take for granted. I've, I, I feel like this is a great break for me. And ho- hopefully uh, things can continue the way they are. Um, but we know it won't. Something has to change. Um, but it's more positive, uplifting, happy. I would say. Um, which is a good thing, except for a lot of other IRL stuff just getting into the way and getting into hiccups. And some of it is work-related, other times house-related. And it just, it's a frustrating mess, to say the least. Um, that being said, though, this is not about personal shit with, with me and my family. I always like to keep people updated because I know they always ask me on Twitter and Facebook, how are you holding up? You seem very tired or you seem very stressed. So that's what I wanted to say up front with today's episode. I am getting plenty of sleep. Except for the last few days, because I ended up getting allergies, and the allergies led to the worst sick I felt in quite a while, where I vomited, I threw up, I couldn't eat or drink pretty much anything, including soup, couldn't swallow processed food, like solids, it sucked. I couldn't talk, I couldn't podcast. I couldn't let anything out in the world for nearly a week and a half. And that and that sucks. One, because I like to vent. Two, it's a podcast that no one listens to, so who cares? And that's and that's an important thing for, for me. Just a little place that's here that no one listens to. If you do listen to this show, by the way, hit subscribe. Maybe that would help me out. Maybe talk about this podcast on my discord if you're in it i think no one listens to be honest uh or uh, hit me up on twitter i'm I'm, uh, at jordha 
Don't have a blue sky invite yet. Everyone's been moving to the blue sky. Not this guy because no one's giving him an invite. This is like when Gmail started 20 years ago. I had to fucking... I had to fucking go over to like 4chan and ask for some. 4chan! Wait, that's not true. I got my Gmail on the G4 on the G4 message board. That's a lie. <laughs> it wasn't 4chan. It was the G4 message board. Um, but yes... Everyone's moving to the blue sky, but not me. I don't have an account. What's the big deal? Jack is there. You know, Twitter Jack. Jack Dorsey. The guy who sold Twitter to Elon Musk. And then went, well, I'll use this money to make a side project. Who cares? I don't know how to feel about that. Watch, I do know how I feel about this. All right. I think this blue sky thing is a cool idea. I think people will sign up, but you need to make sure that this is quote unquote the Twitter destroyer. If you fucking tell me to join fucking Blue Sky and you still fucking tweet, then it doesn't fucking matter anymore. You're still tweeting and, tw and Twitter's still Twitter and Elon still wins. So this is really the one and not co-host, and not Mastodon, and not, uh, what was the other one that everyone wanted, the, the, uh, not Tinder, right, Tinder, it, you gotta tell me what is the final straw in this, what's the next Twitter thing, one thing is for sure though, uh, Twitter is a really shit website now. And I mean, like, it's always been a shit website. Don't get me wrong. It had, it's full of racism. It's full of harassment. It's always been that way. It's just been amplified. And then the business side of it, the business model side of it, is less uh, social media classic and more like a, uh, a guy ripping off an Apple store. The best way to describe it is it feels like somebody is trying to sell you like a like one of those Chinese bootleg like game systems and then uh, put it in a fake Chrome Apple Store looking thing and still think, well, if it's in an Apple Store looking thing, it's still worth a thousand dollars. This is better than a fucking PlayStation. And then you have psychopaths. I'm gonna fucking say it correctly. Psychopaths who fucking bought a blue check mark. Thinking, yeah, this is good. Yeah, I'm helping Elon Musk. And you just feel bad for these fucks. Cause they're thinking like, oh, it's an $8 a month, like to Tesla lotto or something. Like they're thinking like, oh, it's like a scratch and win. If I buy this, I get access to Elon, and that means I get the Tesla or a Space Mars mission. It's actually you that's at fault, Libs. And you just sort of feel bad. Because most people think this is the dumbest fucking thing. Celebrities don't fucking care about uh, paying for a check mark. 
They just don't want to be impostered because they're like, it, it's bad for PR people trying to do damage control. But if Twitter is now a laughing stock, nobody fucking cares because no one's going to fucking advertise on Twitter that much. So now what you're getting is like really awkward infomercial products. You're getting the shit that would be on Fox News. Like, I'm surprised. Did you guys get my pillow one yet? Because that seems like the kind of Twitter ad you would see these days is a my pillow. So it, it's just sort of a case of, wow, Twitter is a dump, but people are still there. They're just waiting for it to just burn to a crisp. Like my, my friend Jack. I don't blame him. Uh. So uh, just let me know if Blue Sky is the final straw, and if so, give me an invite. Thank you. The next thing is I saw a Gran Turismo trailer this week. Now, we are in a wonderful world of video game movies. It seems every fucking week there is a video game adaptation take that has to be on the internet because, well, Super Mario Brothers is great. That means video game adaptations are back. Well, Sonic is great. Well, that means video game adaptations are back. Oh, but the Mortal Kombat movie, it's, it's, it's a thing. Let people like it. Video game movie adaptations are back. Oh, Uncharted movie sucks and people who don't want video game adaptations. Oh, Angry Birds, it did good at box office because video game adaptations are bad. It's always this push and shove over video game adaptations. Are they good? Are they bad? And then everyone's trying to come up with like a philosophy as to why some work and some don't work. But I gotta be honest with you, it doesn't, it's really gonna come down to script, interest, and it and the most important thing it doesn't have to fucking care about the fucking game because if we're fucking going to go into like the fandom and everything from the fandom needs to be incorporated then the mario movie sucks oh there's a bowser's castle oh there's a mushroom kingdom and peach's castle oh there's a toad but there's no yoshi till the fucking end of the movie where's toadette Oh, but there's a lady Toadette. Is that a dad Toadette? Does that mean Toadettes are in the... Well, who's voicing Toadette in that? What's going on here? What this that? Hey, where is... uh? And then you just keep going. Where's Bowser Jr.? Oh, this game isn't real. They didn't have an underwater level. They had bloopers. They had the sea, but not underwater level. They didn't have frog suit. So it doesn't matter about fandom. Again, I think the fandom part of these game adaptations doesn't fucking matter. Fandom always ruins everything. I still stand by what I've said almost 20 fucking years ago. <laughs> I'm still right. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but yes, it's a um, video game adaptations I think could work and can't work. Like if you're going to do something Street Fighter, y you can do anything Street Fighter. The only problem is it's not going to ever work because the fandom's going to say, well, I hate it. You just made a Ken and Rio movie, but Chun-Li's important and Blanca's important and, and, you know, Ken is, Ken is important. And it's just never going to work because you're going to have an upset fan base. So if you just don't listen to the fans, 
and make what you want. Maybe you have a stretch to do something fun. But then you get something like the Netflix Resident Evil one, and then some people like it, others do not. Because it's not like Resident Evil! So then they make CGI video game movies with Resident Evil. It just, who cares? Most video game movies tend to suck. That should be a fact. The reason it sucks is not the it's not like the fact that uh, you know oh it's the fans they didn't like the game or oh it didn't work. Sometimes it just was lack of interest, or sometimes it was somebody at at the studios saw well this game is popular maybe I'll make a good movie because if we can get just like half of the active gaming audience and then it could work. Fuckers, Arcane was a Netflix cartoon you all fucking gasped over, and that's League of Legends. You guys fucking love the cyberpunk anime, even though the game was mediocre. That there are adaptations all over the place in Gameland that people kind of thought were good. Hey folks, the Halo TV show is good. I'm going to say that right now. A lot of people were like, but Mr. Halo, his face is revealed, and this isn't what John Halo would do. It, it doesn't fucking matter. It's a fucking space soap opera about why war is bad. <laughs> they take like, like core storytelling notes from Mandalorian, from Star Trek and they put it into the Halo universe and they still include like the sergeant character and Cortana being like the smart ass like it's a good fucking TV show and then if you want to go into the fandom they had the energy sword they had the elite oh they had the whoa 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 they had all that so why is it so bad you have all the fucking things you want like the Mario fucking movie is it just because it's live action, not cartoon? Do you want it to be more cartoons? If so, why do some people not like Advent Children? That's all animation. Why didn't people see the Ratchet and Clank movie then? That's all animation. So I'm, I'm, I, I have a hard time with the video game adaptation, like, let's go into the story of the week of what is good and what is bad hey you know what was fun like cartoons based on video games and that was a thing in the 80s like there was a double dragon cartoon there was a super mario world with legend of zelda and then in the 90s there was a mortal kombat one a street fighter one uh battle toads had one i think uh, then you had like in the later 2000s when a lot of anime would show up so you had things like F-Zero and Kirby right back at ya and Parappa the Rapper like there's a lot of fucking cartoony things they fucking made a fucking like a I'm, I'm going I'm just like evasperated anyway they made a Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney anime I was gonna get in on that which is really good um <clears throat> So it, it just, none of this shit should matter, folks. None of this shit should matter. 
you know, guess what? There's going to be people in the fandom that likes a certain movie or a TV show based on that adaptation because it's still very cool. That someone actually considered to make a movie in a theater based on a video game. That's still, and even though it's a, it's the novelty should have worn off by now. It's still a very cool idea and a cool concept. And we're now going into the anime live actions, and some will be good, some will be bad. Mark my words, I think in the future, we will actually see a really good anime live action adaptation in America. It's going to be something like, it's going to be bizarrely weird, like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or a Spy Family. And that's going to get like people excited at the theater. I'm not thinking One Piece or Naruto or like a little kids anime, but something a little more level up, more mature. And not like us Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson, but something a little something. And it works. Because Street Fighter worked, I felt. And I think we're, we're due for one of those. Adaptations are very weird. But the important thing about movies, just like TV shows, is the writers. And what's going on right now in Hollywood and, of course, in New York City, both East and West Coast of Writers Guild, is they're on strike. Um, and we, we could spend hours and hours and hours talking about the Writers Guild being right, and they fucking deserve a fair share and a fair pay. But what I'm seeing on the internet is, like, real assholes. And these are blue check marks. They really want the engagement because then they can get engagement which means they might get likes which means they might get money that's what you really have to block the play seriously it's not a, like a joke answer anymore hey folks to make twitter good place you gotta block the check marks i know it's cool to verify and pay for twitter blue but sorry if you're paying for twitter blue it just it it's not worth it and if you use Twitter and you see a blue check mark, please block the check mark. I don't know if you give people check marks right now, but please don't. <laughs> block the check marks, they're full of assholes. Uh, no, because uh, what's going on right now is first of all, we could switch things with AI. We could have AI finish the, the, the stories or, or create new ideas. No, they, they the AI is not personal AI. The AI is just like copy and pasting off what someone else already wrote to make like a really like a seventh dimension version of, te of the telephone game. You, you, you go in asking for like space rom-com and suddenly you you wind up with like rom-com underwater musical. Well, I mean, it could be like a space thing because the sea. It's terrible. And the reason it is is because it's cheap. AI is cheap. And some people it, in Silicon Valley are trying to push this in Hollywood right now as a as a cheaper way to save scripts, scare up doctors and everything. Because it's free, air quotes, free compared to just hiring somebody to fix it. Someone with an actual creative background to try and fix it if something goes wrong. Because 
Hiring somebody might take weeks or months and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix and I don't can't afford it. Most writers who are in the Writers Guild or just in general aren't really big money screenwriters. They are literally working paycheck to paycheck at this point. Because you see, uh, the like rent in Los Angeles is famously expensive, but the payment for working on these shows is like half of a rent check. Like it is sickeningly sad. <laughs> so when you're a screenwriter, or when you, if you are like a, working on a late night talk show, or you're working on a sitcom, and you're just bantering ideas, maybe you have enough to just pay for like a, a two bedroom with a partner or you hope to God you married someone with wealth <laughs> because there's not a lot going for you. The, the, here's the saddest thing. I have to really say this up front. When I was working in game shows and this is like 10 years ago, like I first of all, I'm not in the union, um, but I was, I used Uber for the first time way back then. And my Uber driver was in the area and was a screenwriter. And he worked on a, well, I will say okay sitcom. It was on TV land. That should be your hint. Um, and he got paid okay. He said okay. It was a thousand dollars. So to offset because he can't afford because he's working on this cable sitcom, he has to work as an Uber driver. That is insane to me because it used to be, you know, you work one job and then you're okay and then everything's fine. And the premise of Hollywood, even in the 70s, was, well, all the money's coming in, and this will be fine, but the writers always end up getting screwed. And then what happens is then, the per then like, the crew members get screwed. Because crew members are just working class contractors. They build shit. They light up shit. They do a lot of heavy lifting. And they don't get the respect either. So then it's like those two have to fight. And then someone in the Screen Actors Guild gets fucked or the Producers Guild gets fucked. And then all of those have to fight for the same morsel for what amounts to somebody in a office somewhere who is the quote unquote mogul of the studio. And they bogart all the money because they think, well, this is a shareholder thing and we need to make everybody happy because money, money, shareholder stonk must always go up. The money is there. It's just allocated in the wrong way. And I am with the Writers Guild in striking to A, put it into like AI bullshit in these things because it's not necessary, and two, to try and get a fair share for internet content, especially those on streaming services, because that's where we are right now. People have, like, most people have cut the cord. When you hear who wins the Emmys, 
Who wins the, the awards for the for the Emmy Awards? It's all shows. Every single show except for Abbott Elementary is a streaming show. And even then, if you see Abbott Elementary on ABC, four times during that viewing, you will see a promo. Hey, catch Abbott Elementary on Hulu. So it's on streaming. But most people are talking about only monsters in the building. Only murders in the building, not monsters. A Ted Lasso, The Mandalorian, Succession. Oh, have you seen Barry? Have you seen... These are all shows that are on a streaming service. Better Call Saul has ended, but I think most people have watched the last season on AMC Plus than they did through a cable outlet. Those that have a cable channel now most likely are watching it for local news and sports. If a movie shows up, that's like a, well, I guess that's there. But I don't think people are really watching cable the way that they used to. They're watching on-demand services. They're watching the equivalent of, of either on-demand whenever I feel like it VHS tapes like back in the day, or they're watching those little Pluto TV, what they, they call it fast channels. These little like Plutos and freebies where it's just you watch it and it's just there in the background. Because for most people, TV is just background noise. Most YouTube videos is background noise. Fuck, most podcasts are meant to be background noise. So we're getting rid of, of cable TV. We're getting rid of TV, so we're doing streaming now. But the streaming payouts are a little different. And they are a little irregular compared to TV, compared to movies. And the Writers Guild said this is a little unfair, a little, it needs readjustments. And of course, no, it doesn't. That's not, no. So you're gonna see people lose millions and billions of dollars in the process, just for a fair share. And I think the writers should get anything that they want at this point. At this point, Literally at this point in, in, in television, we are seeing lots and lots of productions, lots and lots of writers, and not a lot of like payouts. So if you're a writer, you have to work on two or three shows at the same time, and that's impossible because you need to now be in the office. You can't just do Zoom calls. So it's a little impossible to juggle all these shows just to make ends meet. So I'm standing with the WGA. I hope that they get their fair share. And then I hope the writers go on to making kick-ass projects for me to enjoy, because most of the time they do. And then you see, like, first of all, you see, like, first of all, losers go, I hope the strike goes forever because they're libs. <laughs> I hope it, I hope it lie liberal Hollywood goes on strike forever. That's me, Ben Shapiro, I'm a failed screenwriter. He's a failed screenwriter because he is a fucking hack. He's also unsure about strikes because guess this is gonna fucking surprise the shit out of you. The Writers Guild's for everybody. As much as Hollywood is liberal, I'm almost gonna not gamble any money, but 
thousand percent positive, some people who are in the guild are phony Republican! You dumb shit! But you know, that's just, you have to do the culture war bullshit. It's Hollywood. It's a fucking union. And unions is a working class job. And Hollywood has been one of the long rest learning jobs in California, in United States, for almost a full fucking century. In fact, there's like Warner Brothers and Disney celebrating 100 years right now because of this. So people are celebrating the strike because, oh, this means that uh, they could not work. And that's good because fuck you. No. Fuck off, assholes. First of all, people are out with money and that's fucking terrible. Two, a lot of people work on these fucking shows, dipshit. Tim Allen still fucking works in Hollywood. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know this. John Voight still is Hollywood royalty. <laughs> uh, so it, it's a bunch of dumbasses, and they're trying to try and get a yeah, fuck you. But in reality, it's still a scary fucking thing. So uh, what I'm trying to get at here is that a lot of people are trying to. Say, well, this is bad, and this is bad. And, um... Then the, the things like, well, the, the strike is bad because it leads to really shitty seasons of television and really shitty reality shows. And, uh, Emily debunked a lot of that. I think a lot of the good shows shortened their seasons, and that was it. And a lot of shows that were good and got bad is just because of television in general. Because of change in showrunners or change in TV. Um, and I thought that was a really good article. Reality television's always weird. Um, however, just speaking through the reality show game show lens, uh, as is the case with most uh, game shows, when something is successful, copycats will surely follow. Deal or no deal led to a lot of deal or no deal clones. Millionaire led to who wants to be millionaire clones. And there's going to be a lot more game shows coming down the pike, obviously. Um, however, uh, what you, you should really focus on here is not so much uh, like the, the things that are like going to show up in all these re- non-scripted shows. What you're going to be noticing is a lot of shows that you're going to be like, what's the fucking point of this show? And they're all like, well, it's a one season smash hit in Holland. Well, this was a great hit in Belgium back in the 90s. And we're bringing it here. Like those are the kind of shows you're going to end up seeing on television. You're not going to see unique ideas. You're not even going to see a lot of bootleg ideas. A lot of bootleg ideas do not end up on television anymore because they're still like at this point we're at the stage where hmm two million dollar budget on a reality show might be too high so is it, mm, i don't know don't know what to tell you bud reality shows are are gonna come back but it's gonna have to be a little cleverer otherwise you're just gonna see more pandemic level oh well i guess we'll put on ultimate tag 
Oh, I guess Celebrity Watch Party, we should get a season two. People will remember that, right? That's what we're gonna end up having. Hunted season two reboot on CBS. I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so no, I think reality television is gonna show up. Game shows are gonna show up. But the scary part is not that terrible game shows because that's gonna be certain. It's when the shows return or when television's like, okay, we gotta get back to the scripted shows. They're going to get rid of a lot of good shows in the process because that's how television works. So a lot of the shows that maybe I enjoy will get caught in the crossfire or because of budgets or something. And that's just that's just the sad reality of it. So stand with the union. Keep going. Sorry, late night television sucks right now that you can't have Conan playing with his wedding ring anymore. They're just going to air reruns, which I guess might be better than just making TV shows. I'm not sure. Corden just ended his fucking show. So great fucking timing, James. Good timing. Anyway, uh, so staying with the reunions and hope for the best. <clears throat> Which leads me to the actual premise of today's episode. <laughs> I know, we're going way too long for a game show episode. It's not a game show episode. It's not a union episode. It is a back to basics episode. <laughs> so. Uh, hey guys, wrestling. It's great. Let's watch. AEW is going to try and sell Wembley. And fucking people are going to be antagonistic assholes about it. Oh, they can't sell 30,000. Oh, that's just 30,000. Well, they can't sell 50. Well, that's just 50,000. She can't sell 100,000. Well, it's just Webley. Also, the show sucks. Hey, Jim Cor... It's the same kind of dumb asses who, like... Because I've been through this shit before. Who, like, when the price is right, has a cool idea or a new game. Or has a first, like, hey, a trans person showed up and... I had a trans family and they all hugged at the end of the show. You have someone like getting me pissy angry at Roger Dobkowitz on Facebook. That's the kind of shit that they do for Jim Cornette with AEW. It's like, who fucking cares? You know you don't have to fucking watch The Price is Right. You don't have to fucking watch AEW. If it's not a show you watch, you know there's like hundreds of other wrestling promotions out there, right? You know there are hundreds of other game shows out there, right? It's one of those things where you have to train your brain to let go of the fucking thing that you are obsessing over. I tried to learn that uh, a long time ago when I was writing uh, Biz Street. Uh, and that was a fun time writing comedy articles every day and then writing bullshit about internet celebrities, mostly internet reviewers, and just having a meltdown. And then tr and then people are like, you don't like it, don't watch it. And it's like, yeah, I guess so. But I still fucking had to keep fucking watching to entertain you guys. <clears throat> Until I realized you actually don't have to watch it and training my brain away from watching garbage YouTube videos. It can be done. You don't have to obsess over the dumb shit. 
You don't have to obsess over any angry thing. You don't have to, like, uh, obsess over what could have been, Dad. No, um, can't obsess over, like, the, the bullshit. You know how it goes. So, essentially, I, it, it's one of those dumb things that's just like, I think these are kids, or I think they might just be on some sort of, like, a spectrum where they can't learn that process clearly enough to just drop it and go somewhere else it's a fight it's a focus um but it's it's so annoying and i mean i get it internet like for me internet reviewers were like hey that's a successful thing keep talking about it and i said no no thank you i could watch good things on youtube i couldn't go to college and get an education work in the exciting world of television <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> so that leads me to today's episode, YouTube. No, we're not talking about YouTube reviewers, although we are talking about YouTube reviewers. We're talking about YouTube in general. Uh, so <clears throat> I think YouTube is weird. I so at like 15 years ago, I wrote about YouTube people at the time when YouTube was still a new trendy thing. There wasn't a lot of people on the up and up. Uh, shows like Screw Attack and that guy with the glasses were all the rage. Smosh was making Pokemon rap videos. They weren't really a content aggregation group. Rooster Teeth had Red vs. Blue uh, and Ruby Season 1. Like, it was that level of just, oh. Um, so it it's so weird to try and explain YouTube in today's world because a lot of it has changed. A lot of it has changed for the better, and a lot of it has changed for the worst. And I wanted to take this episode to talk about this. That's right. For the first time in quite a fucking long ass time, I'm talking about YouTube personalities. And if you like this episode, please let me know. So maybe I'll bring back Busy Stream. We'll just go after all the reviewers again. Hey, Nostalgia Critic, your videos still suck. Anyway, yeah, Nostalgia Critic's videos still suck. Um, so I watched Nostalgia Critic and I watched Angry Video Game Nerd for the first time this week in quite a long time. My first thought is, wow, Doug Walker is bald. My second thought is, wow, Doug Walker still tells the same fucking jokes from 15 years ago. My third thing is, at least he's more modern with his pop culture quips. But at the same time, it's still not a review. It's still just a string of consciousness jokes. And three, it's still not really a clever movie review. When I think movie review, I now think Red Letter Media, right? When you, I think half in the bag. I think of Your Movie Sucks even has better movie reviews than Nostalgia Critic. So it's like, it's, 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 it's like, oh God, it's still there. I still think though that, hey, maybe eventually he can stop that kind of thing, but he's kind of gone into the meme world of like his character. He, he realizes he's a meme at this point. He's just living into it, which I guess is good for monetary value. So I guess he's 
I guess he's now at that status of it doesn't fucking matter. The he's just gonna keep making content because it, it works. <laughs> then I saw Angry Video Game Nerd uh, talk Earthworm Jim, and is the videos different now? I okay. First of all, I think James Rolfe dyes his hair. Second of all, he's fucking balding as shit and hasn't shaved his head yet, which is very weird. In three, he still is like. It's almost like uh, on a Game Center CX when you see a Reno dress up in like younger outfits and you're just like, oh, he's like in his 40s right now. Ooh, that's James. You grew up fucking watching the guy go, shit, Lord, of fuck. Oh, bitch, balls, bitch, balls, shit, 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 animal dookie. And he's now like in his 40s. And he's like getting wrinkly in his eyes. He's clearly tired. And he's in his cool out set, which by the way, I would say is a cool set. And he's like, Earthworm Jim, dookie dookie shit, fucky shit. Also, let me tell you about this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and it's just, it doesn't feel like an angry video game nerd episode. What I remember about Angry Video Game Nerd episodes was they were like seven, eight minutes long. It was kind of like a quick beginning, middle, end of a game. And then there was like one or two skits like, oh, Mike Matei dresses up like Bugs Bunny and we take a poop on him. Or here's Freddy Krueger. He's like, hey, James, I'm going to take a poop on you. And or it's the uh it's Mickey Mouse, and he's like, oh boy, I'm gonna take a poop on you. Like, that's that's Angry Video Game Nerd. And now it's like 20 minutes. He tries to have like a Wikipedia entry in there, and then he says like, well, this game is actually pretty good, you know? And it's like, wow, that's bizarre for the Angry Video Game Nerd. You know, a guy named Angry Video Game Nerd who's been reviewing games angrily for about 20 fucking years at this point, famous for populating the angry reviewer archetype that I have mocked constantly, isn't fucking angry anymore. If he's angry, it's, oh, this level fucking sucks cause it's hard. Fuck diddly shit. Like, uh, it's, it's so tiring and sad to watch. That being said, let me tell you right now that uh, other reviewers that I have reviewed in the past have gone on to do amazing things. For instance, uh, the happy video gamer, who is the happy console gamer who became Stop Skeletons from Fighting, has done amazing video essays about horror games like Resident Evil that are must-watch videos in the exciting world of video games. You've had people uh, like, uh, what's that fucking, uh, guy that, that James does collabs with? The, the, I'm not say, not Metal Jesus Rocks, the, uh, the, re Retro Ryan? Retro... Pat the NES Punk. Pat the NES Punk has done a lot of historical stories about video games now. In a way that's more about video game preservation and the importance of keeping games. And that's a really cool because now we're diverging away from oh I gotta run away from Pac-Man he's gonna fucking eat me to now what I think is a more important part of YouTube which is people talking about shit that they like 
Holy shit, I'm so fucking happy and proud of so many people who, when they changed the channel at that guy with the glasses and started their own independent things, rather it's Linkara, rather it's Mars Girl, rather it is even Lindsay Ellis. They've all done these YouTube personality things where they switched, and now they are doing what they are interested in and talking about things that they enjoy and why this is so important to me. Why this anime show is so good you need to watch. Why you need to play this game right now. Why this comic book from 10 years ago that everyone has forgotten about by now needs to be read. Those are important stories that I'm glad are being told right now on YouTube. I read that Spoonie is back. I'm glad. I'm glad he's gonna try this again. I just hope he does. He leaves everybody from the That Guy of the Glasses universe alone in the process. Because that is one of those you need to separate everybody around that. We've moved on from the, wow, this movie is bullshit dookie, to now like, well, this, this movie is really stupid, but I liked it because of this dumb thing. Or if the movie was really bad, hey, it's inconsistent. It seems like there was a lack of budget. And then you hear people switch it. Was this made on the cheap? Yeah, was this made on the fly? Yeah, was this made in competition to E.T. or the Terminator or Robocop? Yeah. But it may, it means very entertaining to watch or this seems very funny. And that's your takeaway. Yes, movies are bad and you can still say, wow, this movie sucks. Problem is now a lot of people doing the whole, wow, this movie sucks thing aren't really good critics as to why a movie could be terrible. A lot of the good ones come from like a more uh, analytical standpoint. They're confused by a premise in the plot. They're confused by a music interlude. They're confused by tone of the story, confused by the motive of the main character. They're confused by why something would happen just spontaneously in the third act. But instead, a good chunk of, wow, this movie sucks, is, you know, the reactionary dipshits who are like, it's cause it's woke. And they put a woman on the cover. That means it's gonna be shit and it's woke. Cause I guess that's the new social justice warrior thing, I guess. That's the new trend. People are just, you just, you just say whatever buzzword you, you read about on your favorite reactionary knee jerk guy. Okay. It's the Feminazis, which was claimed by Rush Limbaugh. Oh, it's the Blacks. And it's like, oh. So tell me again why you didn't like that Jordan Peele movie. Go on. Uh, because it's always, it's always what you expect. Um, no, internet reviewers have matured in a strong way that I find great. I like that there are people like Defunctland out there that are just covering things of interest. There are things like Pop Arena covering knickknacks. And there are like, there are all these people who are trying to get their little contents going. Some are doing what I'm doing and just ramble on for an hour and hope for the best. Others who are well thought out in their essays, scripting things and coming up with bizarre concepts. 
your Scott Kramers of the world, your Eddie Burbacks of the world, your Brutal Mooses, for instance. It's so weird seeing like videos that these YouTubers make from like seven years ago and what they do now. Some are good, some are bad. It's all indifferent. Um, what I've noticed though, and this is just from me, is that now we are at the stage in YouTube land where most YouTubers have an agent, they have press people, that they are, when they reach a certain criteria, that they get an agent, a manager, and they become somebody. And that means because they're somebody, you get to see them in commercials, you get to see them on other stuff that's on a more higher-end TV thing, like a dropout or a, a rooster teeth, or they get to do Creator Clash. When I first heard Creator Clash, I thought this is a dumb idea because this is just YouTubers being the shit out of each other for, they say charity. I think this is just for for the purpose of just doing inner, like this is just celebrity boxing, that Fox gimmick from the 2000s, but with internet people because they're cheaper to afford. And oh, because these are younger people that you know because of the internet, the place that you mostly watch content from these days, well, you're gonna fucking watch because, oh my god, the guy I see play video games is fighting some guy I don't watch his videos, but I heard he also plays video games. Oh, it's this lady who does a lot of variety comedy streams, and she's fighting another comedy Twitch streamer. Oh, this is gonna be exciting. No. I am staying the fuck away from that, and that seems to be the direction internet wants to go with the whole internet celebrity thing. No. I will make this promise to you right now, internet. Because I know nobody fucking listens, but this is marked down on a MP3 format on my website, so it should be in ink. If I ever ever fucking make it as an internet celebrity, internet icon or you know talent wise I end up having a TV show or something, you never know with this thing but think like you know like 100,000 followers, all that good shit I promise to you I won't do creator clash I'm not going to do any boxing MMA, any sort of thing that could lead to me getting concussed I don't care if it's for fun and games I will do like a, a charity esports thing. I will do pickleball. I will fucking, if they fucking ask me to, I will even take American Gladiators. I won't take the pugil stick from the American Gladiator before doing the Creator Clash. But I'm not gonna do the fucking internet celebrity thing. It, it reminds me of VidCon. It reminds me of just that slime that comes with the content creations of I don't like, where everything has to feel the same. Everyone has to sound a certain way. That kind of content has grown and grown and grown and grown on the internet. They are all reading the same SEO books. You need to tag this certain way, upload at this certain time, find out what your videos are and just keep doing that. I get it. People like Brooks uh, do mini golf videos, and it's like, oh, well, that's good. There's a mini golf guy. 
People like paging Mr. Morrow. He does like travel videos. Great. But he has to keep churning out the content just to make ends meet. And then there are others who make like a three hour long video essay and that's their one video a year and then they just call it a day. And I like those people because they put effort into it with heart. <clears throat> There's no right or wrong way to YouTube. However, I'm pretty sure that the wrong way is to burn yourself out at a very fast rate. And I think that's what a lot of YouTubers, especially those that are str struggling to try and get their audience, are trying to do. Because everyone's trying to do the YouTube What's Happening Guys. Today I am going to do this thing. If you like what you see, hit the subscribe button. And before you tune into the second half, thanks to our sponsor, Magic Spoon. Hey, do you like app games? Well, this app is for you, and this mattress will give you plenty of sleep. I have been a longtime supporter of this product that might be just a virtual picture frame or a printy thing. I don't fucking know, they don't tell me, but I sure love eating at HelloFresh.com. I don't have any allergic reactions thanks to this box set of food. And you can eat too. Use this promo code back to our video. It all is the same. And I, I get it though. Like it, it, someone found the system that works on these videos and they're just gonna copy paste it. But what I love is the ones that are breaking away from the mold. Or they're creating their own TV show with a little beginning, middle, and end arc. Or they're going against the grain and they're just trying to plug in little reviews here and there and then a big thing at the end. Or a big stunt is going to happen, but first we got to get through the journey of how we build it or something. It <clears throat> Most of the time, <clears throat> most of the big name. The Dude Perfects, the Sidemen, the Mr. Beast of the world uh, can be described through one certain sound and headphone warning to everybody, speaker warning as well. This is going to be very loud. <laughs> Sorry for the jump scare. But you have to have that stupid fucking yell. That's how you have a successful YouTube video. Is it screaming because of a spooky game? Is it screaming because they're on a roller coaster? Are they screaming because they're running in a field playing hide and go seek? Are they screaming because they're having fun? I don't fucking know, but that's what you need in your video if you want to be a fucking success on YouTube. And I don't fucking want that shit. Not my cup of tea. The videos that I really enjoy are weird videos. I like the vi like I, I I will go back to Brutal Moose, for instance. I like Brutal Moose's videos because he has this like it's not weekly, it's not daily, it's barely even monthly, where it's like, here's a random VHS I found and let's review what's on the tape. That's a mystery blank tape. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to go to an arcade and talk about arcade ticket redemption games. Cool. Then I'm going to review Frozen Dinner. 
which is reminding me of that uh, Freezer Burns channel. The channel of a guy who ate nothing but freezer foods and then got sick about it because he was very sad that Kid Cuisine had so high sugar, high sodium, and high calorie count that it made him sad that this was being fed to children and just quit the fucking thing. Most of the videos that I watch on YouTube are either clips from like things that are on Rooster Teeth and Dropout, which I already have subscriptions to. YouTubers that have amazing ideas, like an Eddie Burback, like a Scott Kramer. Or Brutal Moose. Or, let's just face it, game show reruns. The other videos I watch are travel videos in theme park lands. I like Paging Mr. Morrow, for instance, because it's a happy video. I watch Brooks because it's mini golf. It's his one niche. Okay, makes sense. I watch Cash Jordan because it's weird hearing him talk about apartments. A lot of rents repeat in his videos, but they're still very fun. I watch H-Bomb, for instance. But the thing that I like is when they know what they're talking about, they're interested in the thing, and that's why you go to them. I, for instance, and this is not to throw shade at kind of funny. I like Greg Miller. I think he's great. But I do not know the direction kind of funny goes. It just feels like a podcast. Hey, here's a podcast about movies. Here's a podcast about video games. Here's a video game podcast, but just Xbox. Here's the podcast with just Sony. And it just is just this. Well, it's a podcast. It's just the podcast. It's just the podcast. I wonder whatever happened to like the original kind of funny, which I thought was the up all night kind of late night talk show bit. Oh, up till noon. That was the show. That that's the kind of things that I remember. I liked five second films, and I'm glad that they brought it back again because it's the original Vine, don't you know? Um, I watched Digitizer. I watch Ashens. I watch Tom Scott. It like there is these great channels out there if you find them of interest, and they show interesting things. Digitizer. I'm not a British kid who who used to go clickety clack and got the teletext game reviews, but I like the way Biffo presents video games because it's a very classical, snarky fun, lighthearted way of looking at it in a way that is a little more modern than even the angry retro video game nerds of today. Because he's not afraid to go, hey, you know, this Sega Genesis or sorry, Sega Mega Drive game was really great. Like, that's okay. I like that. We are in a weird stage on YouTube where it's like like this, the first of all, there's like the Elsa Spider-Man shit, and then you have like the family vacation vlogs, who I am pissed off by. They all are trying to copy Ryan, and that is exploitive already. But I know that they just want to do the Ryan's World thing for their kid, and that kid is fucked up. Those kids are gonna be fucked up because this is just child actors mixed with the same like weird dome as like a stage mom or stage dad. Let's shine the fucking camera in the kid's face. 
Oh, the kid is crying because he has no friends at school. We'll be his friend. And that kid's going to end up growing into that when he's 7? When he's 10? When he's 12? We're going to have him do this till he's 18 and then he starts his own separate channel? This is going to be a fucked up world we're going like, to bring kids into. And if not, we've already done that. Think about like Lights Camera Jackson. He's a regular joke we did on Funtime Calls. Because he was like, at one point, what, what, like seven years ago? Oh, look at the kid who's like a reviewer. Oh, this is a great novelty. A kid reviewing movies. That's wonderful. Oh, cute. Here's Jackson. He's going to review movies. He's now 18. He's a grown-ass adult. Jackson Murphy is doing radio things. How is he going to try and rebrand himself? And he can't. He has to be that kid character as like a 19, 20-year-old now. It is... It is going to be weird in like 10 more years or 20 more years when he's going to keep this up and then try and do like a George Pinocchio and do like his own like movie show on TV. <laughs> it's just messed up. Anyway, uh, that's the way I feel about YouTube right now. It's a very scary place. A lot of angry ranters out there on the YouTube who just feel like wrestling promos by indie wrestlers. I think I've said this bit before. I can't stand most ranters on the internet uh, because I've been a vlogger for like 20 fucking years. My opinion is out there on almost anything. This is my bread and butter. This is the thing that I get up in the morning and go, this is my opinion on the internet. But then, because the fucking internet became everybody gets the fucking opinion, and everybody's the fucking critic, and everybody's fucking criticizing is fucking terrible. So when you're the guy who used to review internet critics for a living, it makes you want to smash your head against a wall on a daily basis. So you just give up every fucking day. That's why I don't fucking do content that much, by the way. That's why, even if I have all the free time in the world, oh, what if we just bring back this thing? Or other? No! Because the sale has fucking sit. It's just gonna be this fucking thing, and no one's gonna fucking listen to it. You know why? Because it's all the same. This is going to be looped up to, like, Joe Rogan's bullshit. This is going to be looped up to some angry kid selling, like, dick pills on his conservative blog. And it's going to be looped up to the same, like, 20,000 movie podcasts out there. Many of which are just called, Boy Do I Love Movies, the movie podcast. Like, no. I'm, I'm in the sea of shit right now. My opinion does not fucking matter. It used to fucking matter, but not anymore. That's why I'm pissed. No, it's... There's nothing for me anymore on the internet. What do you want me to fucking do? 
I, I can't do sketch comedy, by the way. TikTok has all the great sketch comedy. It's mostly people doing like A-roll, B-roll, A-roll, B-roll, switching the shirts, and that's sketch. And it's mostly, uh, if not, it's the improv trio, most of which are all named like Brandon for some reason. And they're all look the fucking same. Sorry, Brandon, I can't tell you apart. You all look like dweebs with glasses, like that guy on Stranger Things. You all look like the dweeby kid from Stranger Things. And you're all improv nerds, and you're not funny. You're all doing the fucking shit that Lonely Island did seven years ago. You're all trying to be the Andy Samberg, but it's not fucking working, bud. Most of your improv comedy skits are like, Hey, have you checked out on Jason? Jason, I think he's in the fridge. And then they open the fridge and Jason's in the fridge and he has a sandwich. Himself. What? I'm hungry. I like a sandwich. Oh, want to get a pizza? Yeah, let's go get a pizza. Why the fuck do you want to get a fucking pizza? It's because it's wacky zany. It's all the fucking crazy town skits your improv teachers warned you about. But because you can speed this shit up and do sight gags, that means it's comedy now, 2023. On the internet, that's sketch comedy now. That's also those please don't destroy videos on SNL. Sorry, please don't destroy. You're probably funny writers on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I mean, you're all good, talented writers. I mean, they shouldn't actually, they're probably in the WGA, so they deserve at least something. But no, it is just a laughing stock. It's terrible comedy. It's terrible opinion pieces. For me to actually try and go back out there and to be a reviewer of any capacity, I'm gonna now need a fucking crew. I'm gonna need camera members. I'm gonna need a way to get a license of music and clearance for photos. You're gonna need someone to banter with. If it's one person, you're gonna have to do 70,000 takes of the same line but what about this game? But what about this game? But what about this game? Until you find the best, well, what about this game? Those people have already got their crew. A lot of the people who started out doing videos just by themselves, like completionists, now a full-on crew of writers and editors. That's kind of where you need to be now if you want to get any jump start on this. I don't have that kind of fucking money. I don't have that fucking energy anymore. It's a real, why don't you just fucking give up? The only thing that you could really do as an independent, one solo person is write or stream. And I try writing. But get this, writing is a really tough thing to do on the internet because social media exists and everyone can tweet. So for me now, I'm thinking, how do you change my fucking website to just be written dumb shit? Because that's the best thing I could think of right now. Additionally, 
what's been on my mind is also just the whole podcast. But everyone has one, so it doesn't matter. The third option is, of course, you Twitch stream. But Twitch streaming is also, just like YouTube, a matter of luck. You need to be streaming a certain game at a certain time to make sure you have the right tags in place so then people can see what's going on. Maybe you don't show the game, you just show yourself so you can get people to look at it. It just, it's a very messy business. <clears throat> and it's all about getting attention. Now, I, I, I like being liked. I like people saying I'm talented. I don't like being the center of attention. I don't want to be an attention. What the, we, we used to say attention whore, but now it's attention hog. But that that's it. That's the thing. It's I I I don't want to like. Hey guys, look at me and do my no. But that is what you have to do on the internet now, and it's really dumb. I'm too fucking old. I'm in my 30s. I ha I don't have like the successful thing I've done 20 fucking years. So you just fucking give up. I'm not going to I just figure at this point in my life there's nothing left for me to do. I can I've really written down every single thing I've done in the past and should that be brought back? Everything from should I review video games again? To review internet people again? To do internet talk again? And the answer is still no. I don't want to talk video games again because game journalism is fucking dying. When you see what happens to Vice, when you see what happens to Giant Bomb and GameSpot and Fanbyte, these places that used to have a really bunch of talented crew of writers and journalists who play games very fast explain everything perfectly of what you might experience in this game is not taken seriously anymore because it's a bias. When James Stephanie Sterling's son, when they get like all of this, this slime at them because they don't like a game, who cares? They're respected journalist who's been writing about games for so fucking long. What makes me any different? Even if I go Kirby's pretty fun. No. Talking internet stuff. I love the internet. It's a weird place. Lots of wonderful people showing off their talents. That to me keeps me motivated to just keep trying. But for every single one of these people making like a cool arcade video or a cool like a collection video, there's thousands of people who are trying to do Minecraft videos or they're trying their hardest to uh, be the next Mr. Beast. And it, it's just sad. And I don't have the effort to just go through all of those little subcultures of the internet and talk about them anymore. And especially in a modern way that's not just, let's harass these bad YouTubers because I don't want that for those people either. When you see a lot of those YouTubers 
they're just like anyone else. They're just trying to fit in. They're trying to find their voice. And they're seeing what works and they're told, you just gotta do what's successful and then eventually people will show up. What if they don't? What if the problem is it's just you need to find your unique voice and find that out? I know my unique voice, but it's not good. Because that same unique voice can be lumped in to the mean-spirited internet trolls on the YouTubes who make drama videos, who go, Hey guys, you know, this video, this girl's woke. How many fucking YouTube videos I had to see about Frost when she 4 happened? For no fucking reason whatsoever. That's the kind of shit I'm worried about. Because that shit is annoying, and plus they're all terrible at it. Folks, I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of those people, and I may, and this is the bit I was going to say. They sound like indie wrestlers trying to cut promos. They all have like really shit gimmicks. Like they have like heavy metal music or they're hardcore and they wear like a leather jacket and sunglasses, clearly looking like deadbeats who are trying to go through a midlife crisis. And they're all like, you know what fucking pisses me off? These goddamn feminists upset about video games. Oh, bullshit. Like, like who fucking talks like that? You try and take these games away from me, Anita Sarkeesian. What the hell? Who's Anita and what did she do to you? Is she like an ex? No, I will not eat my broccoli, mom. You mess with me, woke moralists, and it will be you that's getting the pinfall when I see you in the steel cage at the Thunderdome this Sunday at Mini Cross Madness. They put a black person in a video game. Oh, that gripes my gears and let me tell you. If I see a woman on the front cover not showing her breasts, oh god damn it! Like that, who talks like that? That is the kind of shit I see. And if it's not that, it's somebody who doesn't half ass give a shit and they're all like, what's up? Mm hmm. Yeah, I read about the uh, Miss Marvel and, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know. Um, you know, she should smile more. There's a Miss Marvel who's uh, like a, a Muslim. That's terrorist sympathy. They're all plain woke people. I read somewhere that like, you know, uh, women are saying it's bad. That kind of shit that's like clearly they're, they're not educated. They don't even care about articulating their statement. So they're just gonna say, I read somewhere that. The same way that somebody who never read the children's book had to give an oral presentation about the book. If it's not really, if it's not shitty, like wrestling promo, it is like seven year old trying to give an oral report about a book he clearly never read. 
The book is um, BFG by Ronald Dill, and it's about a giant who befriends a boy, and they go on an adventure. And I read that they they go they go finding other friends, and then they uh, the, the giant has to go to the island somewhere and and then, then Godzilla showed up and Godzilla's like roar I'm gonna get you and I like Godzilla anyway uh, it's just uh, this book is um, this book is good cause they have people Same thought speech as like, oh no, Supergirl is on TV. <laughs> Same thought process. There's a Superman and Lois? Ugh. Well, I read that uh, James, uh, Dean Kane doesn't want to watch it because it's woke. Yeah, probably. Who cares? <laughs> so what the fuck do you do? When if I say something that stupid about internet, like video game shit, everyone fucking plays video games. Nothing fucking matters. Just play whatever the fuck you want. It's going to be lumped in that same bullshit as that kind of group. That's why I don't fucking have anything left for me in the tank. There's nothing left for me to talk about. There's, I mean, there's always gonna be something for me to talk about game show wise, but that's why I've left it to game shows. That's been on the checklist. The last thing that's holding me off from just giving up on anything internet. It's just been game shows. The reason being game shows one, it's an interesting television genre that's been on TV since the 1950s, since radio since the 1930s, and there's international television shows. There's always new formats, new freshing things, reality competitions, talent shows, you name it. And while there is like reality show subcultures, people who are obsessed with Survivor or Big Brother or uh, like Dancing with the Stars or Bachelor Nation or things like Jeopardy or The Price is Right with Cold the Road uh, there is always something new and that excites me there's always a fun game format so I treat it like you would a board game review or a ga video game review and my approach to it is very unique and when then there's only like a sub sub category of people who enjoy that it's not big time. There are more smart people than me talking game shows. Adam Needif, Christian Carrion, they're going to be on a TV show on ABC. There are people like Claire McDowns uh, who write about Jeopardy constantly, wrote even a book about Jeopardy, who know about that TV show way more than I ever could. But for me, there's always something exciting about just like, oh, hey, Here's his new bullshit game on Game Show Network. Here's Hey Yahoo coming soon. That kind of stuff excites me. 
it's a it, it's it's because there's always something new with these shows and there's always something new when it comes to those like games it's fun to deconstruct fun to analyze and see what makes them tick what makes them fun and typically I'm not gonna blow my own horn I'm typically right about if they get renewed and I'm typically right about what makes them fun and if they get rid of things then, then they lose it if they add stuff it might not work if they add more of what works and what and less of what doesn't work, it usually works. Go figure. But most of the time they don't care. Money. Uh but that's been fun. But again, that's just such a small niche, and I know no one really cares. Cause why? There's dozens of game news places and places to chat about game shows obviously everyone has an opinion about game shows you don't need me you can go to buzzer blog you can go to bothers bar you can go to ukgameshows.net you can go to game show newsnet you don't need me so there are days where I do give up and then our days where I go, well, maybe the next thing is coming up. Maybe I just have to figure it out. I can't find it yet. But that's been my big gripe. Is there's so many things online which are good. So many things that are shit. And here I am doing a podcast when I feel like it. Which is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. There are really days where I go, this should be my last podcast. Just record this and that's it. There are other days where I go, but wait, if you stop recording a podcast, you can do this or you can do that. You can write more. You can do this. And I think that might be better. But what do you fucking write about? Then you get the writer's block. And that's when I really do give up. Anyway, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. Video games are still fun. Movies are still fun. Sleep is also good. And even though I've lost my voice... I somehow went 90 minutes yelling and screaming and venting. But who the fuck cares? I hope you guys enjoyed it. If not, who cares? No one fucking fucking listens to this shit. Hell, uh, they want. Hey, guys, Mario is a good movie. What a twist of an opinion. Hey, guys, the Barbie movie looks pretty silly. Whoa, controversial thought. Hot take Machine Jordan over here with his thought that the fandoms ruin everything. Whoa, hold the phone here. I want to talk about Star Wars being shit again. We here at the Where's Waldo fandom don't appreciate the inclusion of Wizard Whitebeard. as a provocative nah I'm done
Uh, anyway, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you again soon, hopefully. If this is my last episode of a podcast, I've had a lot of fun. It was great to ramble for you guys for a while. But I need some sleep. I hope you guys understand. And I'll see you around soon. Until then, this is Jordan Haas signing off. <laughs>